Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Random Joe Show. It is me, Joe, here with you once again on this Saturday, April 28th to do another show and talk about more video games. If you're new to the show, welcome. What Random Joe Show is, is essentially a video game book club where we get a chance to play a game maybe that's deep in our backlogs or that was a free game on PlayStation or Xbox this month. And then we get a chance to talk about it throughout the week and then share our experiences. And then I do a show here on Saturdays relating those experiences and sharing my own as I go over the different aspects of the game that I liked, that I didn't like, and then give my overall impressions on the game. From there, I share the other games I've been playing this week, get a chance to check in with those who've been listening. And uh, from there, we look forward to next week and what game we're playing then. This week's game of the week is Spore. Spore is a game made by Maxis, uh, which is helmed by Will Wright, well known for his creation of The Sims games, some of the best-selling games that have ever been made. And uh, and these games uh, really do kind of highlight the, or this game specifically, Spore, really looks at and addresses the question what if we could play a game that would chronicle the evolution of a species all the way from single-celled organism down the road to fully sentient, traveling to other planets kind of creature? Now, it's a cool concept for the game, and it really does do a lot of things in the way of ambition. This game came out for PC and Mac about 10 years ago, and... It's one that I have had in my collection for a while. I remember when I was a, I think it was a junior in, in college, one of the guys in the rooms next door to me picked up this game, and I would go into his room every now and then while he was there, and we'd play Spore together, and we'd design the characters, we'd take turns, and uh, it was very fun. There were a lot of different worlds that you could do and species that you could then create. Um... I was interested in the game and playing more of it. I picked it up on sale at one point, but never really got back into it. Uh, I'll kind of explain how far I got this time, but it, I didn't get very much farther than I got even in my memory from uh, those previous experiences. Um, so let's get into it. I'll talk about what I liked, what I didn't like, my overall impressions. And this game is a, is a big favorite of Black Dragon, who's one of our listeners. And uh, he and I have been kind of tossing ideas back and forth. He was giving me some tips on how to advance through the space age, and uh, I'll read some of his comments uh, a little bit later in the show. Now, what are the things I liked? First, there's a sense of goofiness that is prevalent in this game, and there's an opportunity for you to make creatures that look silly, dumb, ridiculous, that barely work at one point, just to see if I could do this. I had a character that looked kind of like a slug, but I had ostrich legs with horse hoofs on them. Uh, I usually would go with a character that had like one giant eyeball in the center of his head, like Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc., and weird spikes and appendages coming out every which way. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the character creation aspect of this. Even when you're just a little one-celled organism and you're adding things like, I was, I was, you know, laughing to myself. Yes, I actually do that. I laugh to myself at the ridiculous things that I do in the game. But I was laughing to myself that uh, I, I had kind of put spikes 
right next to my mouth and I was taunting the other single-celled organisms, come try to eat me now. What are you going to do? I got a spike on my face. And then, of course, I got attacked by something from behind, so then I put a spike on my butt. And that way, anything that came up from behind me had to feel the wrath of my spiked butt. And uh, that kind of thing is silly. It's ridiculous. And that sense of goofiness, I, I think, is purposeful. It's conveyed in how you can stick the limbs and the, and the joints and, and make them you know, freakishly large in certain proportions and ultra-tiny and, and silly. There were some absolutely ridiculous characters that you would 100% expect to see. Like the, And what happens is when you go into an area, as you explore and as you enter the creature phase, you, uh, you'll see sometimes other character, other people's creations. And I saw stuff like Big Butt, which is exactly what you think it would be. Uh, a little creature with tiny little legs and a giant butt and not much else to defend itself with. And that's about par for the course. It's funny. It's enjoyable. And the reality is that you're going to run into a million of these creatures called Freakazoid. I ended up calling mine by the end of it IDK anymore. Like, I just don't even know what to call this thing or what it is. And, and there's a goofiness and a silliness that's prevalent in the way that the, the characters move around and interact with each other and sing and dance and all that other stuff. It's just silly. Now, I should explain a little bit of what, what Spore is beyond just evolution simulator. Um, essentially, you, the game is split up into five distinct segments. And there, it's almost like there's five games in one. One of those games is the single-cell organism trying to get food, get bigger, add different elements to your character. Then you move on, and as you grow and become more complex of a, of a creature, you'll end up in the creature stage. And the creature stage is like you're an individual character that's wandering around a planetary surface looking for food. You can make friends with other species of animals. You can attack and kill the other species of animals. You can be a carnivore. You can be an herbivore. You can be an omnivore. They really give you a lot of opportunities. You can make your character look more like a fish. You can make your character look like an alligator. You can make your character look like a dinosaur or any combination of those parts. You move from the creature stage into the tribal stage where you have now entered into the tribal stage and it's kind of like becomes an RTS. Then from there it moves into like a SimCity type game and then eventually you have space travel. This game is really remarkable in respect to its uh, ambition. It really does shoot for the fences. And one of the things I, I enjoy about it, one of the things that's really cool is that you get this sense of scope and scale. Now we'll come back to it because not each, each of the modes have their faults and none of them are particularly excellent in their genres. And I think that holds it back a little bit, but we're still on the stuff I like. So there's, it's almost like there's five different games in one. You have all these different types of games that are manifested and represented and it really, they are really fun. And there's a genuine, uh, and I like enthusiasm to it. It's, it's silly. It's fun. It's, it's like light and upbeat. Um, it's not violent. It's not, you know, crass, like, but there are like little nods that adults will get the kids don't. One of the things I think that's kind of cool is that it has this incredible level of accessibility. It does seem like a game made for kids. One that kids can play alongside their parents and everybody can giggle and laugh at the ridiculous creations together. 
The creature creator is a particular point of strength in this game. The ability to customize, and even when you enter into stuff like the tribal phase, you can add outfits and masks, and you can put them anywhere on your character. They've really done an excellent job at customization and allowing you to be able to make your creature look however you want. And I'm always amazed when I exit the creature creator what it's going to look like in the end and what how it's going to move. But it always manages to. It always manages to. If it says I can fly, I can fly. Even if I have silly butterfly wings on my lizard Mike Wazowski freakazoid character. It's fun. And there's a goofiness, a silliness, and, and, a, and a sense that this is something you could enjoy with another family member. Uh, I tried to show my creations off to my wife. She just looked at me and shook her head. But maybe you've had better luck with either your kids or, uh, you know, just other people that you've been able to coordinate and talk about your, your creations with. There really are a lot of options, and it's pretty cool. Um, there's also a lot of options in the gameplay, whether to play passively or aggressively. I think this is a great strength of the game, that it allows you to kind of play as you wish. Now, once again, the complexity of that, the way that it works out is not very deep, but the options exist nonetheless. And that's a strength. I think that the ability for you to play, and I decided, so I, once again, this whole, I'm a weirdo, and this game highlights and accentuates my weirdness. I decided from a cell stage, I will never eat fruit, I am not an herbivore, I am a carnivore. I will annihilate every other species around me and I will destroy them. That was literally what I thought about it. I know, I'm a nerd. I know, I know, I know. But it's fun. It's fun to kind of put yourself in that role and to have the options to be like, I'm going to be the prettiest butterfly that makes all the friends or I'm going to be the mass murdering alligator that destroys everything and ruins all these civilizations. It's nice. It's fun. It's enjoyable. And that's the kind of stuff that this game does very well. If you have a sense of imagination, if you can put yourself in that in the shoes of that character, if you can write a backstory in your own mind, it's extremely satisfying to play this game. It's very fun. And it's it's choices provide some level of if you can kind of fill in the backstory underneath them. Options. And then options are nice. The uh the tracker for your creature is also a cool feature. So at any point in time, you can look at like your journey, so to speak. It'll show you what your character looks like at different phases and how they progressed and grew and what they learned and how they grew and all that stuff. It's, it's pretty cool. And I really enjoy that. And I like kind of the way that they, uh, that they set that up. So those are the things I liked. There are a lot of, there's a lot of fun to be had in this game. And that's, I think that that's kind of the bottom line of this. There's a lot of fun to be had. Now, what didn't I like? Well, there's a few things. And, and a couple of these issues are minor. And one of these issues really is what I believe is its central problem that holds it back in many areas. One of the things I didn't like was uh, just the RTS section. You get to that third phase. And this was actually where I stopped... I believe the last time when I was in, I don't think I ever made it to the space age in this game because I get to the RTS section and I want to just bulldoze everything just like I've been doing. And it seems like you can't play it the same way that you played the previous section. And this goes back to, it almost feels like there's a different developer or there was a different team tasked on each one of these different 
parts of the game. They do share some level of common DNA, but it's a different game. And so if you've been enjoying what you were doing in the creature thing, running off solo, running around, killing enemies, scavenging for food, looking for upgrades, you know, modifying your character, a lot of that meaningful change goes away. And so the RTS section kind of highlights the fact that if you're not down for all of the different game types, you might find yourself bogged down in one of them. And, and ultimately, this is because the overall quality of each section is not great. It's cool that they're all woven together. There's a fun aspect to it. There's a silliness to it, but even in the character creator stage, which I spent the most time and I spent almost all the time this week playing in that site, in that stage, there's a lack of depth to your choices, a lack of meaning. Once you realize that each part that you place on your character carries a stat boost, what I ended up doing was I wasn't picking upgrades based upon how they looked anymore which was the whole point of the creature creator to me on some level. I was just picking whatever had the highest points of whatever I wanted. If I wanted to be an aggressive creature, there were there was one time where I had to do the horse hoofs, and I didn't want to, but it had charge. This, like, melee ability where you, you know, zoom forward and stun your enemy. I wanted the higher level charge, and so I had to use the horse hoofs. And so it's that kind of thing where suddenly it became utilitarian and there weren't very many options so even though it's a lot of fun even though there are aspects of it that are that are enjoyable there's not a lot of depth there's not a lot of of options that really make a difference once you decide kind of how you want to play you're kind of pigeonholed into one or the other and even then the difference between this part that gives you this upgrade and this part that gives you this upgrade is negligible at the end of the day and so I felt like that overall lack of quality in each individual section and, and that lack of depth, and that's really the at the center, I think, of, of where this game struggles, is it, it really possesses a lack of depth in each individual area. Now, the, the other areas are good. They're fine. They're average, maybe. And the fact that they're all woven together and that your progress carries over is really exceptional. But at the end of the day, it ends up feeling like five completely divorced from one another minigames in which my character transfers, and none of the minigames are particularly great. One of the things that is sad about it is that once you, if you find a stage that you like, you move on to the next one and you may find you don't like it. I also had some save issues, and this is one of the reasons why I spent so long on the creature creation uh, stage, because... I played for about an hour and got almost to the very end. That progress bar that was getting ready to finish was almost done. The game crashed and I went all the way back. And I think it was, it's not so much about the progress being lost, but I had adventures with that character. I made him into something. I couldn't, I was stuck way back at the beginning. And so from then on out, I saved like every three minutes until I finished. There's some cool moments in this game. There are also uh, quite a few significant threads that I disliked. And the ability to kind of make changes that end up being somewhat significant is pretty cool. 
But at the end of the day, this game ultimately didn't appeal to me in the way that I was kind of hoping it would. It doesn't even hold up beyond its its memory, you know. And on one hand, the fact that there is such a strong connection between all these different aspects of the game, the fact that this game is doing something unique and interesting, the fact that the premise and the ambition are great, they can't save the, the mediocre aspects of this game, in my opinion, for me at least. This game ended up feeling fairly mediocre despite its ambitious aims, and I didn't have a strong desire to invest a lot of time in it. I certainly had fun, and my silly tendencies and imagination were able to come out in the game, but it doesn't compel me enough to see it through to the next stage, particularly because I got to one of those stages I didn't like as much. Now, that's my those are my overall impressions, and I will say once again that it has its merits. If you've got kids, this is a this would be a fun game to play with them because it's just silly. It's fun and you can you can be creative and ridiculous. And like when I was a kid, I was drawing weird monster alien dinosaur things with spike tails and weird eyeballs sticking everywhere. It's really fun for that. It has a lot of customization options. But it's not a great game. That's kind of how I feel about it. Now, Black Dragon, I mentioned, was really into this game when he was younger. And he here's what he said about it. I'm going to read most of what he had to say. He says, I used to play that back in the day. And he said, beware of some of the user-generated content. He, he had the expansion and some of the user-generated content is pretty weird and some of it fairly inappropriate. Um, he said he would love to play it again, but he's got university starting up again. And uh, he said one of the things he likes a lot about the game is how the choices you make throughout the stages impact how your race behaves in the subsequent stages. Also, the procedurally generated worlds are pretty cool. I remember space stage being fun, but also lacking a lot of depth. It ended up just being fetch quests and paying the demands of those other races for fear of going to war. And uh, there were you were also protecting against pirate raids. Um, but I put way too much time into that game as a kid. And uh, I was kind of sharing some of my, my characters and showing some screenshots. He said, oh, I've seen worse. And uh, he talked about the, the different mouths and different creature stages. And his favorite uh, seems to be the creature stage, uh, although he played a lot in the space stage and, uh, and gave me kind of some tips as to how to progress in that, although I didn't get very far in it. Um, he said he started about 20 or so planets. He got most of them to the space age, but uh, he put a ton of hours in this in this game as a kid. And I think that that's, you know, he talks about the fact as well that the simplicity of the game makes it great for kids, but it really lacked a lot of depth. And I think that that, like I mentioned before, that really is what I feel about it. It's very fun. It's a great game for kids. It's very appropriate. It's very enjoyable. It's something you could do with them. It's creative rather than just being directive. And and it has a lot of options in that. I know there are a lot of games that I played growing up where when I come back to them as an adult, I'm like, wow, that game didn't have much depth. It didn't go very, very far. It didn't do a lot of different things. But it was enjoyable. It was fun and it was creative and it was bright and it was colorful. Spore does that. And it also will get your imagination going about what your character could be and who he is and who, you know, what she decided to do and, and what history, you know, they have. And those are the kinds of things that I think the game thrives on is when you let your imagination loose. 
So my encouragement is, if you're thinking about trying out this game, you've never played it before, if you got young kids, maybe like five, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever, this might be a fun game to play with them. Um, if you've got kids that have an imagination for this kind of stuff, it might be enjoyable. If you are a weird person like me, and you talk to yourself, like I'm doing right now, and you like to think about all kinds of weird subplots for your weird alien monster creature characters. This game is fun. You'll have a good time with it. It'll be worth the investment, but don't expect it to be terribly deep. Don't expect it to have lasting value. Don't expect it to, to, to be a kind of game that you'll be able to play a lot of. Just don't expect that. So that's my thoughts on Spore. My hope is that you would comment on this and let me know what you think about it if you played Spore this week. And uh, next week, our, our game of the week is going to be one of the PlayStation Plus free games. I'm excited about this. It is Rayman Legends. Now, Rayman Legends is a phenomenal, phenomenal 2D platformer. And I hope that you'll play this this week if you've got a PlayStation or if you have an Xbox and you own the copy, own a copy of the game, that you'll join in uh, with me, with the community and let us know how you like it. All right, well, let's move on to other games that I've been playing. Now, I've been playing a lot of other games this week, and in part because of me not really getting hooked by Spore, the game of the week, and in part because Destiny 2 has a DLC coming. If you're familiar with Destiny, and many of the people that listen to this podcast are very familiar with Destiny, there is a new DLC called Warmind coming, and it is extremely exciting. I am... I cannot even tell you how stoked I am for this project. The things that we're getting in the DLC we found out about this week. We're getting increased power levels. Increased difficulty in obtaining max power level. We're getting a new activity in Escalation Protocol that's an endgame activity that will have specific loot and special bosses. There's going to be a new raid lair. Spire of, Sta of Stars. New exotic gear. New story campaign exotic buffs, new vendor progression. Like, uh, they haven't unveiled this exactly yet, but essentially you're going to be able to level up like your Vanguard and get special rewards for ranking it up and it'll track those things, but we don't know exactly how that's going to work out. So when you listen to this, maybe there's more information about that out. Hopefully there is, but it, very exciting. Nonetheless, we're going to get two or three, depending on which platform you play on new strikes. There's going to be updates to the nightfall system. There's going to be crucible ranked play exotic masterwork quests. There's going to be exotic uh, enhancements. All the exotics are going to become extremely good. And more vault space. There's just so much to be excited about. If you're into Destiny, uh, I hope that, or if you've played some Destiny and you've kind of left, let it sit for a little while, there's a lot of cool stuff coming in this expansion. There seems to be these, these brilliant decisions that Bungie is making where they are really attempting to to bridge the gap between the casual player and the more hobbyist player. And the way that they're going to do that is similar to what they did in Masterworks, that there's going to be an achievable, grindable way to improve the power of some of your most potent and effective tools. And those increases are going to have an impact on certain endgame content. And it looks like they're targeting excavation protocol, or sorry, what is it called? Escalation protocol. I always say it the wrong thing. Escalation protocol and also the nightfall. Those two, and we're going to see how they deal with difficulty with the raids and the raid lair. But 
it seems like their goal is to make it so that getting to max light is difficult and takes a while and that you're incentivized to play a little bit of everything. They're also going to be reducing the effectiveness of clan engrams, which I think is a good change overall, meaning that it won't level you up as quickly, nor will it grant you raid and trials gear anymore unless you do the activities. Hopefully that will pr produce people wanting to play, wanting to go after that gear, wanting to invest, wanting to improve their stuff. I know the thing I'm probably most excited about is just the exotic masterwork system. What they unveiled this week is that each exotic weapon, and not all will be available at release of this expansion, but they'll all be rolling out, but each, each exotic weapon will have an exotic catalyst that is utilized to improve it into a masterwork. Once you do that, and that catalyst will be found either by grinding certain activities or through accomplishing some special feat, and there will be a cryptic clue that tips you off to where you ought to go and what you ought to do. Now, what you're going to need to do for it then, after you make it a masterwork, it begins to count kills like all the other masterworks. It makes orbs on double kills. It will have an improved ability or improved stats that will be added to the gun if you complete a certain objective that will require a fair amount of grinding and actually using that weapon to accomplish objectives. That is the most exciting thing for me in this expansion. That extra ability to invest in exotic weapons, to make them better, to upgrade them, and to make them powerful via the balance changes without requiring somebody to invest a ton of time, but rewarding and incentivizing somebody to do that is a brilliant choice, in my opinion. They still want everybody to have really easy access to exotics but they want those exotics to be able to be improved. To you, for you to be able to show off your prowess with a gun and be rewarded with significant stat boosts or significantly improved perks. I, I think this, this just excites me so much. And I can't wait to try out this expansion on March 8th. There is maybe likely going to be just Warmind for the Random Joe show that week. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> no promises. Uh, if you'd like Warmind to just be the game of the week and we can just use that, let me know. I assume there will be quite a few of you that are totally fine with that uh, after we do Rayman this next week. Now, what else did I do actually in the game besides just getting hyped and watching streams? Well, I hit 335 on characters 5 and 6. Those are two of my PlayStation characters, and now I am I'm ready power-wise for the new expansion. I started clearing destinations and picking up those ghost scannables, and those are really fun to do. If you haven't done those yet, it's like ghost hunting in D1. I have a player's guide that kind of marks out exactly where those are, and it's the only thing I really use it for <laughs> because there's no guides of the scannables really, and even if there were, I kind of like having a paper guide that I can kind of use the maps and figure out where they are, so it's great. What else am I doing there? Well, I played random builds and random weapons. What I do is I have a random number generator on my phone. I type in you know what number range I want, and then I click it, and then I look into my exotic armor pieces. And whatever exotic armor piece it is, I go with that one, put it on the character, and log into that character, and then work on milestones. And essentially, I try to think about that exotic armor piece 
and build my build around it. Many of the exotics require specific subclasses to utilize their abilities. And this gave me the opportunity to really spend time working on the aspects of Destiny 2 that I don't often do, where I basically am investing in trying to learn and understand how to leverage the strengths of a class. I've said this before, maybe not on this show, but I really love the subclass system in that it gives you very defined paths that lend themselves to specific styles of play. And when coupled with exotic armor pieces, which they're going to be updating exotic armor pieces, hopefully to buff them up just like they did for the weapons coming up in this summer. But it's exciting and fun to be able to try to figure out how to leverage those skills and those strengths. So I spent a lot of time doing that. I did random weapons for the duration of Iron Banner last weekend, and then basically for all this week, doing everything except raiding. I, uh, I was running with that. I did a raid last night. We got to Argos with some people in Destiny Reset, but I've been playing a crap ton of Destiny and loving it. I hope you are as well, and uh, I hope you're very excited for Warmind if you are either a lapsed Destiny player or you've been one that has been playing it all throughout this dry season. So what else did I play? Well, Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire is a really awesome uh, roguelike dungeon crawler deck building game. It's a PvE game where you try to progress through a dungeon and make it to a final boss. There's three tiers of that area and as you progress through the dungeon there's multiple paths you can go on and you kind of select it like uh, if you think about it like a, it's a flat map with icons on it and pathways drawn from icon to icon. So you can kind of angle which way you want to go and it'll tell you briefly what kind of encounter you're about to face. And then that encounter is a turn-based, uh, basically like a deck building game where you're playing cards out to activate an attack or a defensive posture and then the enemies will all attack you or do whatever it is that they're doing. Buff, debuff, whatever. And what happens is after each encounter, if you kill a monster, you'll get a new card to add to your deck. It's random from a pool of cards within that character's selected pool. You might visit a shop and be able to spend some gold that you've earned on a certain card and add it to your deck. But at the end of a run, if you get killed, you go all the way back to the beginning, you go back to the starter set of cards, and the goal is to create a deck that can beat that final boss and move you uh, to the point that you have now won. There are three different characters in the game now, and the third character was released this past Friday uh, or Thursday, and it's really fun. It is essentially, if you've played Slay the Spire, there is an ironclad, which is basically like a tanky, uh, very aggressive. You can either run with a, a shield build that will make your defense really high, and then you can kind of bash your bash them with your shield, or it's a body slam card. Um, you can go with a build that increases your strength every turn, and then you can do massive amounts of damage and try to just kill enemies as quickly as possible. Um, you can do other other builds within those same kind of archetypes. Silent is a stealthy, poisonous type character that can utilize its abilities to ensnare, to disable, and to poison its enemies and to keep them from attacking. It has a lot of cards that affect weakness, that lowers the attack that they would do onto that character. It has lots of, of abilities that, like I said, will poison the character and do damage each turn. And uh, those two characters are really different from one another and very fun. It's kind of set in this kind of medieval fantasy realm kind of a dark fantasy medieval realm. I was not prepared for what we were going to have with this third character. The third character is a an automaton. It's a robot that has been brought to life by magic. 
and now controls these spheres of energy or power. And so what happens is you have these three auras around you in which you can summon orbs and they have a passive ability that they do at the end of the turn. If you fill out those three orbs and then use another orb, cast another orb, it will then evoke or essentially like break that that furthermost orb and then that orb will do a bonus ability. So for instance, you might have a lightning orb and the lightning orbs do three damage at the end of each turn when they're used passively or if they're cycled through, they do eight damage. There's other cards that will cast your, your foremost skill and do double what its abilities are. It's a really cool set of mechanics. It's a really fun character. Some people have figured out how to leverage its strengths to do tons of damage and just wipe the floor with enemies. I am not very skilled. I just like the game. So I'll probably be playing a lot more of that this week um, in between bouts of Destiny 2, but I really enjoy it. I think it's really great, and uh, it's a very, very fun game. That third character is so enjoyable. And uh, my hope is that if you know that game, or if you don't and it sounds kind of cool, you would check it out because it's fantastic. The last game I played this week was Full Metal Furies. Yes, I know, back at Full Metal Furies. This game's really stuck with me. I've been thinking about what are my favorite 2018 games. I haven't played a lot of them. I've really played Celeste and Full Metal Furies. And Full Metal Furies, I liked less than Celeste on the first playthrough. But I gotta tell you, Full Metal Furies has really stuck with me. I love the soundtrack. I love the action. I love the puzzles. I love the characters. It's really a gorgeous game, really well made. And the longer that I play it, the more I like it. I kind of gave up on the New Game Plus thing because I am just not that good and I don't want to invest the time that I need uh, to get like way better. So I started back on Normal. And Normal's still difficult. And the other thing is that they kind of expect you to do some grinding and it's way easier to catch up on Normal than it is on New Game Plus. So I started a Normal run, I cleared the first world, and I died a couple times. It was really fun. I also was using a couple different character combinations that were different from last time using like the sniper and the hammer wielding the, the fighter. Um, so it was just fun to use these different combinations and try different things out, level all my characters up. It's a very enjoyable game. If you haven't checked it out, I'm begging you again, try this game out. It's great. It's a great game. Great. Well, that should do it for me. We are somewhat a little bit shorter than, than we have been the last couple weeks, but, uh, this is the Random Joe Show for you. Uh, if you enjoy this, please share it with your friends. You can write a review to, to let me know how it is. Reach out to me on Twitter or Discord. My Twitter handles are jrmeaden. That's the one I check all the time compulsively. It's my personal one. And I do have a Random Joe Show Twitter as well. If you send it there, I'll check in periodically and respond to you there. You can also join our Discord. Chat with us. Let us know how you're thinking, what you're feeling about video games. Group up with people to play stuff like Destiny or even some of the games that we have for Game of the Week. Uh, my hope is that this would continue to be something that would be enjoyable for you to listen to, participate in, and that, if anything, you enjoy getting a chance to talk about and make friends over video games. So that was this week with Spore. Next week, once again, Rayman Legends. PS4, it's out for a bunch of different... Uh, consoles but it's free on ps4 this month so pick it up try it out i really like this game it's a tremendous platformer don't let the art style push you away because it really is very good 
and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to discuss it again next week. This has been The Random Joe Show. You have a wonderful week, and I will see you next time.